welcome to the Motivation Masano Experience. So today I have uh, here with me Rocco uh, Romanella. Am I, did I say it right again? Yeah, it's Rocco. You can call me Rocky though, Rocky Romanella. Rocky Official Romanella. name is Rocco, but call nice. me Rocky. So, yeah. uh, so Rocky is the founder and CEO of, what is it, 360 Management, right? Yeah, 360 Management you Services. 40 years of leadership experience. You know, Rocky delivers developing and implementing his balanced leadership model across uh, enterprise operations. So what does that exactly mean? Do you... Uh, do you what what kind of services do you provide again so we we have a keynote speaking which i do the keynote speaking we have leadership training as well as consulting so we will go in and look at process improvement on the consulting side on the leadership training we have uh curriculums that we've built but we also build them for you know individual organizations for example uh, last year, we, we performed a lot of leadership training on the concept of why values matter, why values are important in business, and why values are such an important foundation of leadership. And then, of course, the keynote speaking, uh, not only do I deliver the balanced leadership keynote, but I also talk about the concept of values. I talked about e-commerce, uh, hiring in today's uh, difficult, you know, great economy, but difficult to hire people. So, uh, that, that's a little bit about, about our business. I think the 360 is interesting. I know you look at things from a holistic perspective and you, as Coach Phil, we're sort of the same thing. We like to look at things from a holistic perspective and thus that's the name 360. Uh, how did you get into uh, this kind of service or management or leadership uh, training? Did somebody show you? Did you, uh, you know, did somebody groom you into a leader? What do you think got you involved? Well, in the current business, I mean, after 40 years of business experience, I felt like this was a great opportunity to give back. Uh, I originally went to college to be a high school history teacher and a baseball coach. And so I never really gave up that passion for teaching. It just became a different classroom instead of the traditional classroom. It's now it was the business classroom. So I thoroughly enjoyed the teaching. I thoroughly enjoyed the coaching, counseling, uh, career development kinds of things. And so throughout my career at UPS and then career as a CEO, uh, I always participated in uh, whether I was the trainer at, at different times during my career, whether I was the person developing training workshops throughout my career. And even as CEO, always attended the workshops that individuals in, inside our organization were attending. So for me, this whole training, leadership development, ability to get people to connect the dots it was so important to me and it's something, a, a passion I enjoy doing. And so this was natural after all these years of experience, why not put together workshops from not only my, my past experiences, but also some of the things that I thought were missing in business today as, in general and leadership in general. What do you like most about being a CEO? I think the ability to make a difference in people's lives. Uh, I think, you know, all of us have had those moments where whether we were on a team in sports or whether we we're in, in an organization always said, boy, if I ever get that opportunity, uh, this is how I would approach running the business. And so one of the opportunities that you get as a CEO is to start, is to craft strategy uh, to, to maybe think about, you know, how, how do you make your company different by the way you treat your people? Mm -hmm. And I know you worked at UPS before. What was that like? I know you, it was a, obviously the supply chain, you had 20 acquisitions, right? Yeah, we had a, so my UPS career, although traditional as most UPSers that um, your audience knows or you, you have met along the way, I, I 
I did perform all the traditional jobs inside of UPS as I was uh, growing and developing inside UPS. I also had the opportunity to do some of the non-traditional things. So for example, we purchased mailboxes, et cetera, and rebranded to the UPS store. I had the opportunity to work with with that organization, it was a direct report to me after the acquisition. So I had the opportunity to meet some wonderful people, some great entrepreneurs inside the UPS store network. And, and that's when I really understood the concept of not only P&L, profit and loss, but this whole concept of all in. No one's more all in than a small business owner. Mm-hmm. And you, you gain such great respect for that small business, that entrepreneur who's out there trying to grow their business, build their business. And they're completely in because they took everything they owned in life, slid it across the table and said, I want to purchase a business. I want to run my own business. And so for me, that was a great opportunity to learn and meet some wonderful people, great network, great people, great entrepreneurs in in that network. And then later on, as you mentioned, we, we had a series of acquisitions and we built UPS supply chain solutions and had opportunity to not only part of that integration, but also part of running the side, the hemisphere for UPS on the supply chain side. So some, some really non-traditional opportunities that got me a chance to understand how important it is to, you know, give, give your people the vision, give let your people understand the strategy and really get them to understand what roles they play and, and get them motivated to help to help you build your, to, to build that business. Uh, what do you think it takes for anybody that wants to be some kind of entrepreneur or CEO? What do you think, what, uh, what qualities would they need for somebody who's my age, who's maybe 23, 24, 25? What would you tell them they would need in order to get to where you're at now being a CEO? Well, the first thing I think is important is that it really starts with, you know, who you are as an individual. I think it's so important for people to take an inventory of three key uh, things and ask themselves these three questions. Who am I? What do I stand for? And what won't I compromise? And, and I think we, you know, because if you think about it, everyone wants to be something, uh, whether it's in sports, this particular athlete, whether it's in business, this particular level. But I think it really starts well before that with the concept of who, who am I? Who is Coach Phil? What does he stand for? And I think those two you can probably articulate well. But the, but the third question is the one that I think is so important and it defines you as a leader and it defines the way you'll go about leading. And that's the, and that's the question, what won't I compromise? And I think that's so important because you will get challenged on number three. You will have those moments. So, for example, if integrity, uh, safety are key elements of what you won't compromise, somewhere along the way, something will happen. For example, you may be short on your business plan and you decide to round up when you probably shouldn't round up. And, but, but you're thinking, well, it's not that big a deal. The numbers are close and I can buy some time. Well, once you make that bad decision, you just compromise uh, on maybe one of your core values, which is integrity and honesty. So being able to answer those three questions, who am I, what do I stand for, and what won't I compromise is going to be critical. And I think that's really the first step because until you can define who you are and those key values of, of who you are as a leader, it's, really, it's very difficult to lead uh, a, a, an organization no matter how large or small it is because you, you don't have the footing you need as that leader. Right. Were you ever challenged before or – um, you know, as your leadership role of, you know, compromising something, were you ever put in that position before? 
And yeah, it, yeah, it happens all the time. I mean, it could be, for example, um, you need to get something done from a safety, you know, you need to get something done and you say to someone, hey, I need you to go do this. And they may not be qualified to drive that vehicle. They may not be qualified to uh, handle, you know, that piece of equipment or it may be you need to get a, a pro- a project finished and you just don't, you know, the weather isn't the right weather and those things along the way. And then you have to say, well, look, I'd rather call the customer and I've had to do that, call the customer and say, Hey, we're going to miss it by a day, but we're not going to compromise somebody's safety. That's so important. Or we, we may have had to send somebody out to make someone else out to make that delivery. It may have been much more expensive to do it that way, but the individual who was available may not have been qualified to handle that piece of equipment. Well, you know what? You know, and depending if you're in a union shop versus a non-union shop, you may have had to pay that person just to stand there. But it was worth doing that because if you compromise on safety that one time, you've just lost your credibility. And now the next time you say, hey, we can't do that, they look at you like, well, you did it once before. So you're going to get challenged. You're going to get challenged throughout your career. And so you really need to understand what your core values are and what are the things that you won't compromise. Uh, What do you think? makes a perfect client for you or apprentice that comes to you for let's say leadership or keynote speaking what do you makes what do you think somebody makes them the best person to come to you do they need hunger is it is it just uh you know a drive for more is it a love and passion for speaking what do you think makes a top-notch client for you i think uh, you know conferences that are looking to uh, provide something for their their client base because they're they're putting on a conference and and they have you know they have a, a an agenda they they have you know what's what's the theme of our conference and so I think for me the perfect client is someone willing to work with you someone that says look this is you know because I try to find out well what's your theme what are you trying to accomplish in this conference for example if it's a keynote and then I'll do my homework I'm willing to go out for example. On my most recent conference, um, you know, it was an uh, association of small businesses in this association. And I, you know, I routinely will say, hey, why don't you give me three or four uh, individuals, entrepreneurs that I can speak with? I can either visit them if they're close to me here. I live in Jersey or, you know, give me, give me a couple that you'd like me to call. And for me, I like to go visit them. I like to call them on the phone because I'm trying to understand what, what do they want to take away from this conference? Because if you think about it, the conference attendees, they're leaving their businesses. It's, it's, it's time out of their personal lives as well as their professional lives. And so they want that conference to make a difference. So for me, the ideal client is for me to work with is someone that's really trying to have a world-class you know, conference and, and they're willing to work with me as I'm trying to work with them to build that world-class co- uh, conference and to make sure that, you know, I'm understanding their theme. I'm trying to understand what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, it's just not a speech. It's just not a, I mean, I'm not the guy that rolls in with a wheelie bag and, you know, the day of the conference does my 45 minute to an hour keynote and leaves. I, I, I want to be part of the conference and I really want to achieve to help that conference organize or achieve what they're trying to achieve. So it's that a, a desire to work both ways. Right. Oh, um, what do you, uh, before we got on the podcast, we talked a week or two ago, you mentioned you have a book. Uh, what's the title of your book? First off, the book's titled tighten the lug nuts and it's uh, tighten the lug nuts. And there's uh, the book is a series uh, you know, of stories about my 40 year career, not written in the first person. I never enjoy 
speaking in the first person or do I, would I ever wanted to write a book in the first person? So uh, the book is narrated by this third party, third person, and his name is Joe Scaffone. And so Coach Phil, Joe Scaffone was developed, uh, interestingly enough, about 25, 30 years ago, just in the course of a conversation. And one of the things I think is important for leaders is to challenge their people in a positive way, not to stop at that first right answer. I think too often we stop at the first right answer. And if, it, as a leader, if I can challenge you to move past that first right answer, and it's difficult because it is a right answer, but what you're trying to do is say, hey, Coach Phil, that's a great idea, but what if? But sometimes if you ask that question, what if, or did you think about it this way, you sometimes can sort of maybe you know cut off good dialogue or the person thinks, ah, he doesn't think it's a good idea. So some years ago, I developed this character, Joe Scaffone, and I would say, hey, Coach Phil, that's a great idea, but you think Joe Scaffone thinks that's a good idea? And so we'd all smile. And that was my way of challenging you not to stop at that first right answer, to look past that first right answer. And if you do look past that first right answer, sometimes you find an answer that's deeper and wider. Sometimes you uncover some unintended consequences. Great idea, but there are some unintended consequences. So the book's written uh, narrated by Joe Scafona and some great stories in there. There's also the story in there on, on how, uh, how we came about the name of the book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. And so it's a, it's a fun story. You'll, it's a, I think it's a fun read, but it's one that I think will get you some good aha moments. Mm -hmm. well, what made you come up with the, uh, the title, by the way? Interestingly enough, so the short answer is, uh, if you think about tightening the lug nuts, when the lug nuts are loose, they're important. And if I said to you, hey, Coach Phil, we got some loose lug nuts over there, and you went over and tightened those lug nuts, it may take you five to ten minutes to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you get distracted and you don't take care of the loose lug nuts, the lug nuts a day or two from now become urgent. And right. so when you allow important things to become urgent, you can, an you can only handle so many uh, urgent things, and that's when people start to get overwhelmed. And so tighten the lug nuts. You know, it's funny because now when people read the book or I'll come out of a conference or someone will email me after they write the book, they'll call me, hey, I got no more loose lug nuts. Things are all tight over here. Things are going well. So I tightened all my lug nuts. And so it's the, the, the theory is tighten your lug nuts. Don't allow important things to become urgent. Take care of important things when you can take care of them. Oh, uh, what made you, what's your goal with the pod? Um, I'm sorry, podcast, the, the book. Is it like you said, for people to realize what they need to tighten up? Uh, is it for them to, you know, develop a leadership? Uh, what do you think is the overall goal with the book? Well, the goal of the book was just to have a, a good read, a fun read, and to take some of the great lessons I learned along the way in my career and maybe impart some of that information or knowledge with them and really have and really try to have some aha moments. It's, you know, as we talked about in the beginning of, of our conversation, you know, I'm a, I believe I'm a teacher at heart. I, you know, I never really gave up that passion as a teacher. And so for me, this was just a way to maybe help some people connect some dots along the way. And, and I think create some aha moments. I think as a speaker, you're always looking out in the audience or as a leader, you're always looking out at your people trying to see, you know, are those light bulbs, as teachers do it all the time. Are the light bulbs going off? Do, you know, do they, do they look in the eyes of their students and say, ah, they're getting it. They're connecting those dots. They had that aha moment. And that's probably the most satisfying feeling for a teacher is to see that student who they've been working with, you know, trying to build that lesson plan that makes sense to them. And they see their people connect and they see their students connecting the dots. And for me, it's always been, that's been my, one of my great joys is to see people connect the dots. Oh, okay. They're getting it. And to see them then 
uh, flourish and blossom as individuals, both personally and professionally. And so the book was just a continuation of that. You know, some great aha moments are in the book, I believe, for individuals. And for each person, it may be a different moment in the book. It may be a different story in the book. Uh, but hopefully at, when they put the book down, they tilt their head and they're like, ah, I do some really good things. This book reinforces that I really do some good things. And it also gave me some aha moments along the way. And oh, by the way, I got to keep my, I got to tighten my lug nuts. Got to right. take care of important things when I can and don't allow them to become urgent. So did you ever have your own personal aha moment? Like maybe some things you had to tighten up as a CEO or even for UPS at all personally that people can relate to you in a way is, uh, you, you know, you're, he's right. You know, I'm in that situation right now. I should have done this. So my, so yeah, so my aha moment was I was walking around a very large operation. I was running in, uh, in Chicago at the time. And at that time, it was one of UPS, if not the largest UPS facility to sort packages. And so I was walking around the, uh, the facility and I stopped one day and I thought back to my one of my favorite vacations as a child. And one of my favorite vacations as a child was going to Hershey, Pennsylvania and going to the Hershey factory. In those days, I'm showing my age here a little bit, Coach Phil, but in those days, you actually, you actually walked through the Hershey factory, and the Hershey factory was under glass, and you could see everybody making the chocolate, and as a kid, it was like the coolest thing in the world. I mean, it's chocolate everywhere, uh, and so for me, that was, was such a great vacation, but on that day, as I was walking around my facility, I stopped, and I thought, wow, think of the confidence Hershey had to have in their people, to have people coming in all day uh, and watching how the chocolate's made. And I thought to myself, my aha moment was, wow, if this, if I had, this was my Hershey factory, could my customers come in at any time and just see how we're handling our packages, how, handling their packages? Would they, would they ever ship with me, again, uh, us again at UPS based on how we handle their packages? And so I thought to myself from that moment forward, I have to create my own Hershey factory. In all that I do, I have to take that Hershey feeling of this is under glass and a customer can come in at any time. I guess if you think about it, people often say when you go to a restaurant, right, don't ever walk through the kitchen. Well, in my world now, I would say, no, 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 walk through the kitchen, right? Because right? that's the aha moment. So for me, that was my aha moment that I wanted to, I wanted to run an operation that my customers could come in at any time unannounced. And, and be very happy and very proud that we were handling their packages. And so for me, that was my aha moment. And that from that moment forward, I challenged all of the people in my care to say, you know, I would say, run your own Hershey factory. You know, every year I'd send them a little note, just re a reminder of the story. Or when I went to a new operation or a new responsibility, I would tell them the Hershey story and then send them a Hershey bar and say, hey, here's the Hershey bar for the energy and the reminder, run your Hershey factory. <laughs> if, if you were to uh, go back in time, maybe to your younger self, uh, what would you tell yourself to get you to this point in your life? Would you, uh, what advice would you give yourself? Well, I, I would never change the advice my dad, who since passed, told me when I first started my job at UPS. And I think it's been advice that stuck with me and has been the foundation of, of my career and who I am. He, he told me, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. He told me two things that stuck with me. The first thing he said, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you. And then learn your job and learn some more. And that always stuck with me. And so as I was moving through my career, I may not have felt I was ready for that next promotion or I, this new responsibility they were going to, you know, UPS was tapping me on the shoulder for. 
But all I could hear my dad saying, you know, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you. So it was like, okay, got this. We're, we're going to go. And, you know, we had nine moves across the country during my uh, time at UPS. And as, you know, as I told you before, I had some non-traditional jobs, like when we purchased mailboxes, et cetera. And when they sat me down and talked to me about that responsibility, you know, I knew nothing about franchising at that time. But what I, what I did do is hear my dad over my shoulder saying, hey, whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you. And so it took those responsibilities. And that was a lesson for me to, you know, take, you know, kind of stretch yourself a little bit. You're going to be uncomfortable. But it also taught me as a leader and a very, very important lesson that I think that it is so important in, in leadership. And, that, and that's that you're going to have to believe in your people many times until they're ready to believe in themselves. And so UPS believed in Rocky Romanella well ahead of well ahead of where I had the confidence to believe in myself and some of these jobs. And so I think what happens is you believe in your people until they're ready to believe in themselves. Then there, you get that sort of break even point where their skills, their knowledge, their confidence is at a good point. And then you start to let them fly, right? Because you don't need to overmanage them once they really get past that confidence. They really feel good about themselves. They know they can handle it. And so to me, that was the lesson. And, and then the last thing, you know, and this whole concept of learn your job and learn some more was always important. He always told me the day you thought you know everything is the day you're, you've already lost three steps. So you, you'll never know everything. Just keep learning and, and keep trying to understand as best you can. But then one day he sat me down and said to me, you know, it's what you do and no one's watching that counts. And so I said to him, you know, dad, that's you kind of ruined the whole thing. You know, nobody was watching. That was the best part, right? <laughs> right. And he looked at me and said, no, there's always two people watching. There's always the man upstairs, but there's always the person looking in the mirror. And so uh, one of the things that I'm glad I always did is I stayed true to myself. There were probably some times where, you know, I wasn't happy. Maybe I thought I was ready for that next promotion, but I wasn't, you know, the company didn't think I was. And so I had to stay true to myself. Okay. Instead of pouting, my dad would say, no, work harder. Just show them that, you know, if you think they made a bad decision, well, then you know what? Don't, don't do it in a spiteful way. Just get better and better and better. And so you, you force them to choose you because there's, there's no one that does it better. You're an easy person to work with. You have the best attitude, those kinds of things. And so for me, I would say those lessons for me were so valuable. I would say those are the things um, that, that, that became hallmarks of, of my, of my personality. I would say the thing, the biggest thing I learned knowing what I know today, what I would do differently was I think you have to understand the difference between, uh, important, you know, what's important to do, you know, you know, is it need to do or nice to do? And I think sometimes we put everything, especially if you're a really motivated person or a really focused individual, you put everything in need to do. Well, well, not everything's a need to do thing. And so when you do, what you do is you kind of, if I had to do over again, I would have kind of understood the need to do things and the nice to do things. And so there, you know, it gives you a little bit better balance in your life, you know, because if you put everything in need to do, then you're, you're, you're just 150 miles an hour all the time. I think you need to understand the difference between need to do and nice to do. And that's probably looking backwards. It was probably the lesson I, I would have been nice to learn probably in my thirties or forties. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, this, I completely agree with you. The wants and necessities are two completely different things. It's nice to have that, you know, that nice challenger outside, but there's also a, a need for, you know, paying bills, uh, so to speak. So uh, what, what was your version of saying that again? You said, 
wants and something else? No, it's yeah, you know the difference between uh, need to do need and to. right, need to do and want to do, right? So you want to do those things, but you really need to do this. And I think it also helps you set your priorities then, right? Because not everything is equal. Right, right. And I think that's uh, important. Uh, What's the best way to reach you if somebody was listening or watching to, let's say, get your book or speak to you about keynote speaking? So uh, you can absolutely reach me on our website. It's www. It's the number three and the word 60, S-I-X-T-Y, managementservices.com. Mm -hmm. Very interactive site. In fact, we're launching a new website that uh, I'm pretty excited about. Uh, but 360managementservices.com. My email address is Rocky, R-O-C-K-Y, Romanella, R-O-M-A-N-E-L-L-A at gmail.com. Uh, so you certainly get me that way. The book is online at Barnes & Noble. I'm self-published, so it's, uh, it's through Barnes & Noble. But uh, Amazon does, the great, does a great job, I will admit. They get you the book quickly and effectively. I do get a request quite often for people who would like sign copies of the book. If you want to sign a copy of the book, you can email me that or you can, uh, you know, we can interact through the website and I'll, you know, get a, we'll get your book and I'll sign it and send it over to you and we can do the transaction through the website that way as well. So uh, I, I do quite a few, Coach Phil, interestingly enough, for me, a lot of fun uh, is also, I call them lunch and learns. Organizations will buy copies of the books for their employees and I'll dial in as the author. So if it's here in Jersey, New York, or, or it's within a couple hour drive, I'll drive down and spend an hour, you know, at lunchtime maybe with them. And we'll, we'll talk about a particular chapter in the book or, or a concept. Uh, if not, I'll dial in, we'll Skype or Zoom or just, you know, just on a conference line. But it, I thoroughly enjoy that because there's some great dialogue, some great interaction and it's a smaller group. So, uh, I call them lunch and learns, but uh, it's a lot of fun for me. And I know the organizations really enjoy them. And that's been a really, uh, uh, really starting to pick up a lot of steam for us. And I, it's, it's an enjoyable thing for me to do. And then the last thing for, on the book is that for every uh, book sold this year, we're donating a dollar to the Jimmy Valvano, Jimmy V Foundation for, to find the cure. Jimmy V, as you know, was a legendary coach, uh, North Carolina state, but, uh, and how I got associated with the V Foundation is, uh, some years ago, and you can, you can check my website and you can see it, I actually got the opportunity to meet and spend some time with legendary coach, Coach Wooden of UCLA. Mm -hmm. John Wooden's a legendary coach. I'm sure you've done some readings on him, uh, had his pyramid of success. And Coach Wooden uh, was just a, a wonderful individual. Uh, the, the interview is actually on my website. It's about a 45-minute interview where I sat with Coach Wooden and we spent some time together and uh, had had a conversation. And so I thoroughly enjoyed my time with him. It was an honor, a privilege. But that day we were talking and uh, he, you know, I asked him, hey, you know, thinking, you know, obviously I, I you know, speakers don't do things for free. And he said to me, I, I, I don't want any money at all. I'd like you to donate some money to the V Foundation. And I thought, what a, what a thoughtful person. Uh, the, a legend like Coach Wooden, and he's willing to help me, uh, willing, and then w wants to give to the Jimmy V Foundation. So uh, I thought that was, from that point forward, I've been an advocate of the V Foundation and uh, felt like that was my way of saying thank you back uh, to, to Coach Wooden. I think that's great. I mean, you said every dollar for, you know, a book that's sold. I think that's amazing. I believe living is giving. So how cool is that, that 
you know, every person that buys your book, you know, you also get to help out somebody. Not only are you helping yourself by reading it and by tightening up some lug nuts, but you also get to help somebody else. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah, it's been, it's been a great feeling. So, you know, we donate a dollar and it's been great. It's been a, uh, it's been a fun, it's been fun to do and it just feels good. That's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I feel like it's always better to give the gift than actually receive or even around Christmas time too. I, I love that feeling. Uh, when someone opens up your gift too. Um, so uh, again, Rocco, thank you for coming on the podcast. And um, again, if you guys need to reach him, it was uh, number 360, right? Yeah, so number three in the word 60, S-I-X-T-Y, yep. You guys can reach him on his email. Uh, Rocco, thank you again for coming on. It absolutely means the world. Uh, best of luck with your book. I hope this helps and we get a, uh, we get a lot more sold for you and uh, more donated to the Jimmy, Jimmy V, right? Yeah, Jimmy. Yes, Jimmy V Foundation, yes, sir. So uh, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And if I can help in any way, don't hesitate to email me or give me a call.